Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Coffee and KOs. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Coffee and KOs podcast. I'm your host, Zach. I'm with the two other guys, Steve and Carrie. Fellas, how are we doing? Great. I don't know how I like being called the other guy. I said the other guys. Well, I, along guys. with Steve, I'm sure he feels the same way. Well, you guys are the other guys. Well, I can't, it could, you could have said like the crew. The, the crew. crew the crew. The crew is here. Sorry, I messed up. Oh, Cassie gosh. worked her way into the podcast yeah, studio. Yeah, I guess we're just going to leave her. So, uh, anyways... Another great week of fights. Steve wearing his ridiculous wig. Myself, I am wearing also a ridiculous wig. This is the last one for me, at least until I lose another scary carry. Steve, you got one more. Um, but anyway, this show is going to be a little bit different uh, because we're actually going to do a preview or a review show. So we're going to review Felder and Dos Anjos for you. Uh, talk a little bit of it about that, and then maybe have some. Uh, Steve, I think Steve had like a question or something. We some some stuff we can discuss. And then there'll actually be a preview episode that will be released later in the week. So changing it up a little bit for you guys. Uh, but anyway, Steve, I haven't let you talk yet. How's it going? I'm doing great over here. Um, you know, we were just talking earlier about the wigs. I was So I'm in my back room here, which gets pretty cold. And then as soon as I put on my wig, it just like retains heat like crazy. So um, now I'm all warmed up and I'm feeling good. Is there any shot that if... Uh, you forgot your winter hat and you needed something to keep your head warm that you would wear that in public. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> maybe like across state lines. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you don't run into anyone you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I am going to New Hampshire, so maybe I'll just bring this with me and just, just wear it and see what happens, maybe. When, when this blows up and you and you become famous, man, then you, that's your incognito look. Yeah, like when Khabib, like he wears his big giant wig right i don't know what the meaning is behind that but that could be like my like pre-fight thing i just walk around with this there you go imagine like they called you down like you go down to the octagon like main event and steve comes out in this rocker (laughs) wig yeah dude this is some like wwe stuff from like the 80s yeah that's like the Shawn michaels like hair hair Mm -hmm. little sweet chin music yeah I i gotta say i like it i think it fits you great especially the fact that your beard is like black so i think it's hysterical perfectly this might oh, be a little uh, controversial to my Italian ancestors. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, this weekend, hell of a weekend for fights. Um, was a good card. I think it was actually pretty underrated. I think a lot of people didn't have high hopes for it. Ended up being a really, really good card. Um, what were your overall thoughts? So I didn't get to watch the whole thing live, um, and I had to kind of pick and choose which ones to watch. And just based on what I saw through social media, I decided not to watch the Hanson McKenna fight, and I did not watch the Ashley Yoder Miranda Granger fight. So I caught the Felder fight, I caught Chaos Williams, and I caught Sean Strickland. So uh, just based on those three fights, the, all of those were amazing fights. I, I was think, alive. I think that uh, the K uh, Hanson fight and Corey McKenna was very good. I thought that fight was good. It was back and forth. Um, I had Kay Hansen win in that fight. I think it was a little bit of a controversial deci- decision. I don't think that McKenna won more than one round. She might have won one round. I don't think 
she won two rounds. So I was a little bit surprised by that one. Um, and the Yoder Granger fight wasn't terrible. Yoder kind of almost, almost finished the fight. She had like three more seconds. She probably wins that fight on a rear naked choke. So I thought that fight wasn't that bad either. I think people really give, I, I see it on Twitter all the time. It's, it's ridiculous. Like the second that a female fight comes up, like someone will tweet, well, I'm turning this off. Like if you're an MMA fan, watch the fights. Like don't, don't hate on it just cause they're females. Yeah. I just want to put it out there. I'm definitely not sexist by doing that. I strictly, Oh, Steve. There goes Steve. We lost Steve. Oh, Steve's internet is just a poop. Yeah, he needs to he needs to work on that. You can hear the good old Skype beeping in the background. Reconnecting. Um Carrie, you watched the fights though. I did. I did. Which is surprising. You never watched uh, the fights. No, I well, I mean life, man. I, I, I get, it. I, get no, this week I I, it. I got lucky. The the wife had her friends over, so I got to watch this weekend. Uh, I think we officially lost Steve. Um no, it was great, man. It was. Oh no, he's back. Um, Am I back? You're yep. back. Carrie's talking because Carrie actually watched the fight. I got to watch this weekend. Where did I get cut off? Well, uh, you were talking about how you're not sexist. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't choose those two fights because of that reason. I'm just defending myself. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we we we. I don't think anyone's like looking at you as being sexist. What you're saying is you went back, you saw Twitter was like these fights are boring, and you picked the three that were more exciting. Yeah, well, those two were both unanimous decision, and then obviously you have to watch the Chaos Williams fight. You have to watch the main event, and then I wanted to check out Brandon Allen because he's kind of been my dude for a while, and I'm um, sad to see him lose. So I, I definitely had to check out those three fights. And Kerry was saying that he actually watched the fights at my place. He hadn't watched the fights, and I don't know. Have you watched any since? Yeah, you watched the Steve's lo- or losing Steve, Steve again. again. <laughs> Continue what you were saying while, um, while we get him back. Well, I was just going to say, normally when I go to your house, I'm expecting a little hearing loss from, from a little snip, your, your little girl screaming her head off. Um, but I was thankful that I didn't get that. However, that, that one fighter lost his ear. That was that not was, this week. That wasn't this week? No. Oh, did I <laughs> miss a week? That was two weeks ago, bud. Was it? Oh, yeah. What, did we watch that? Oh, we watched that here. Oh. All right. Well, never mind then. Um, yeah. No, it was it was, it was was great fights. I, the, the. No, you can go. They're not. They can't hear it. Oh, they can't hear that. No. Um, well, that's really tough to do. <laughs> this is a disaster. Going this on is... in the background, but it's not recording. Um. Well, I think I I waited around really for the, uh, you're a big Paul Felder fan and and he made his return after, what was it, three years? No, no, he had fought not that long ago, but oh, he, he hasn't, hasn't been in the gym. He hasn't. For he hasn't. Year. He hasn't. Actually, Good I I, I actually miss uh not mis- I misunderstood. He actually hasn't stepped foot in the gym in four months or something like that. But I thought he had said a year, but still, four months is a long time. Well, yeah, to well, it's not been be a while. Training, yeah. So you were excited for that. I one, was though, excited because, for that fight because you know I'm, I'm, I'm a big underdog guy as well. So and a guy takes the fight on four days notice, yeah. cuts and twenty over twenty pounds in three days. Yeah, that's and absurd. then and then he didn't win the fight. I mean, he wasn't even close to winning the fight. We could talk about the judges' scorecard in a minute, but you know, he the stand up was great. He looked as good as he's ever looked, you know, on the feet, which was I think what a lot of people were impressed with. And obviously he had no answer for the takedowns. A lot of people think that had he had a full camp, probably does a little bit better um, in that in that area. So he had no answer for the takedowns. But I was very impressed with his ability to get up from the takedowns. And I, you know, 
the I don't want to go too much into it because this is the main event and we I want to talk about some of the other fights, but um. You know, I think that that ref that scored it for Felder kind of looked at RDA didn't do much after the takedowns, and maybe that's what he was looking at. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, he wasn't, you know, landing tons of ground and pound, but the control time, I mean, nothing else was happening that round for Felder to really win it. It was the control time, I think, that you kind of have to look at and be like, okay, well, even though RDA didn't hit land 50 shots, Felder might have landed five and then was taken down and didn't do anything really the rest of the round. So definitely did not score any round for Felder. I had a clean five-round sweep for RDA, 10-9 rounds every single one. But uh, definitely, definitely was a good fight. Paul Felder is an absolute G. And not only did he take that fight and lose and he got cut up and battered, he announced the Contender Series last night. So bruised Come all the face, his face bruised up and uh, just, just, a, just a, he's a pro man. He's a professional. He's, he's uh born to do it. Yeah. He lives and, for it. and that's his, you know, he's, he's a true, um, he's a hard worker and I like that. And uh, you know, like you said, he's like, this is my job, you know, in the real in the real world, you get a little injury. You don't really get off of work. You got to keep working. So, and I like that. I like that attitude. That's why I'm a Paul Felder fan. And I think he gained a lot more fans. Steve, welcome back. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over here. You know I have the internet issues, so I do apologize, <laughs> but I knock on wood, I'm back for good. All right. All right it seems right. like it's a bit better. Um, all right, so we had, yeah, like I was saying, Kay Hansen, I thought she won that fight. I thought it was a very good fight. Corey McKenna, though, hats off to her. Her first fight in the UFC, she looked very good. Who I was, I mean, one of the biggest surprises for me on this card was Brandon Allen, your man. He looked terrible, man. He and that's not that's not taking anything away from Sean Strickland. I think Strickland's fight style is insane. Like the dude looks like he's just he just taps you, and his power is just unreal. I mean, he was he, he was laying the damage all over uh, Brandon Allen. But I was very very disappointed in Brandon Allen's performance. Yeah, man. I um, I was watching this fight, and I thought it was interesting because when you watch Strickland fight, like. He's very flat-footed, but like you said, when he makes contact, you 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 feel the pain. Like he hits very hard. Um, so I didn't think he was going to do that good from a standpoint where Brandon Allen kind of looked like he was moving in and out a little bit more, but he was just there was just zero defense from Brandon Allen. He just wasn't covering up. He was taking a ton of damage throughout the entire fight, and he never really utilized his ground game, which is where I thought he was going to win the fight. Um, so if anything, Strickland actually had a takedown, and he actually had more control during that fight. Uh, he just landed way more. Brendan Allen did not look good. I don't know if maybe he just had a bad camp or something, because usually he comes to fight. But um, Strickland, man, he's 22 and three. Like he's got a legit record. He looks really good. And um, yeah, that second round finish was no joke. And two two fights in two weeks, or yeah. he, that was a, that was two fights in three weeks. He had fought two weeks prior. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he looked good. I, I think that he's a legit contender at this point. You know, Brennan Allen is not a slouch, and Strickland looked good. And, you know, Strickland had a two-year layoff um, that in the, in the UFC. So um, he's, he's looked, he's looked uh, really good since coming back. Really disappointed in Brennan Allen. That's a huge step back for him. Um, so who knows? Who knows where he's at? And uh, I don't know. I don't know if the Ian Heinish fight would have been any easier. I really don't. Ian Heinish is a is a gamer too, so I think that would have been a tough fight for Brendan Allen as well. 
We no, got a special guest here, Carrie. Special guest, Cassie. She's balling. I can't get her to stop. I don't know where she is. So she's going to join us today. <laughs> um, then we had Ashley Yoder, Miranda Granger. I mean, it was a good fight. Yoder ended up winning, who's the veteran. She's been around forever. So not surprising there. This is the big one. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus Chaos Williams. Al-Hassan, has, he had never been knocked out, I don't believe. Uh, and Chaos Williams came in with... It didn't look like it even like it was a, it was a flush shot. Don't get me wrong, like it was a flush straight, but it didn't look like it was that had that much power behind it. And there was one of those knockouts where you just are like holding onto your seat and you're like, oh my god, like I cannot believe that just happened. Thirty one seconds in, he lands a straight right on the chin of of Al Hassan, knocked him out cold. Um, Chaos Williams is a problem because I'm pretty sure his last fight he won in like thir- in 13 seconds, 20 seconds, something like that. And uh, this time he comes out in 31 seconds against a guy in Al Hassan who a lot of people like. They like he's got a lot of power. He's very, very strong. Um, and he, he's finished, I believe, all his fights. And here Chaos Williams comes in and, and knocks him out in 31 seconds. That was, a, that was I think, the, the eye-opener of the night. Yeah, dude, this fight was amazing. Chaos Williams, like you got to remember, you one, you cannot forget that name because his name's Chaos, um, and then he's going against the dude named Judo Thunder, who has yeah all finishes in his UFC fights or I think all pro fights in general. Um, but we had mentioned like you know he had like a big two year layoff. He was going through like a trial and it was like a whole mess. And then he comes back, has like a bad showing in his last fight. Um, so, you know, mentally we don't really know where he's at or if he's ever really going to rebound, but that's a tough way to go down. I mean, that, that shot, it might not have had like a ton of power, but I think it was more so like the location of it just landed clean to the chin and he was just out like a light in two seconds. Um, so yeah, chaos Williams just came out strong, throwing leg kicks threw a little feints in there and then he just lands that one shot. And now he has back to back less than a minute you know, victories. That's incredible. And he was like a plus 180 underdog. So that's, that's awesome. But that's definitely going to skyrocket his status um, in the welterweight division. And you know what? 11 and one, he looks really good. I think it's, you kind of got to pump the brakes a little bit because he hasn't really shown us what happens beyond round one, kind of similar, similar to what we say with all these uh, young guys like Shamayev and all them. Um, So we need to see how he does when he's battle tested. But as of right now, like you got to ride that momentum. You can't even tell me what happens with Chaos Williams after the first minute because two yeah. <laughs> fights two fights into the UFC, he has not even fought a whole minute yet. He's only fought, his Insane. first win was in 57 seconds. He spent 57 seconds so far in the UFC octagon with two wins. That's unreal. That's incredible. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty sure he's won, a, he's won a performance bonus in both of them because if you're not going to, I know he won the performance bonus this last card. And uh, I'm pretty sure he won another. He won one his in his debut because that's a 27 second knockout. So I'm thinking that he's won a hundred thousand dollars in 57 seconds in his first two fights in the UFC. That is ridiculous. That is a hell of an hourly rate. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, Someone do the math on that. That is that is unreal. Um, Chaos Williams is off to a great start. Uh, I'm looking back at his uh, his record so far. He's got one decision, or he's got a couple decision wins, but he's got a ton of round one uh, finishes. He's got a knockout, and he's got a bunch of knockouts in round one, and he's also got a couple um, submissions via guillotine. 
So Chaos Williams seems like he's going to be a problem. I really, really like who he. I really, really like his fight style, and he's only twenty six. He's wow. my age. There you go. So Don't you hate that when uh, we're at that age now, where like there's just kids younger than us, like 21, 22, just you know winning hundred thousand dollars performance bonuses, and we're just like, damn. I think what makes me more angry is the kids that are really, really good at video games that can, that can, <laughs> that can do that for a living. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I think that makes me more mad than seeing like. I think it fu- does because if I would have just practiced a little bit more when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, like, would have paid the, off. The thing is, like, fighters. Like, I'm not saying you're naturally born to fight, but like, like, like Mike Trout for baseball was like a god's given like gift like that's that's his gift he was given that like he he was destined to play Built the game of it. baseball and i feel like like john jones like john jones is a great athlete like built to be a fighter but video games are just anybody can do yeah it's just practice so i think that's what makes me more annoyed like i i came out of the womb probably good no shot i was ever going to be a ufc fighter you know what i mean <laughs> so i don't really get as jealous of the as the to those guys as i am of someone like that makes a living playing video games we grew up in the wrong time say if it was like four or five years ago or if we were like a little bit we later like we 10 years younger good yeah yeah 10 years exactly. younger yeah but well i wish we had our knowledge now but 10, 10 years, years younger, younger we would be We'd be we'd be millionaires. We would have started the first podcast. Mm-hmm. We basically would have been Joe Rogan. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Something like that. So uh, yeah, I think that that's that's you know unfortunately we don't have a time machine or else that'd be pretty sweet. Oh man! But then we get to the main event. I kind of recapped how I felt about Felder and Dos Anjos. Um, what were your what were your takeaways on that? What what did you think of Felder's like rant to the fighters who missed weight? He went loved off it. on those Ab- guys. Absolutely loved it, dude. Because yeah, I think you guys were just mentioning it. I think he said he dropped what twenty two pounds, and it was what in like four or five days. It, it was it was it was really three days because he he was the first on the scale, and he took the fight really on four days' notice. And what's even crazier is he did the same thing to fight Khabib, but the the yeah. athletics commission wouldn't allow it to happen. That's straight savage. Yeah, man. I think uh, him calling out people, like, I'm okay with him doing that. I do think, like, you know, that's obviously not applying to everyone. Like, when you look at Eric Anders and he had weight cut issues, I think he was legitimately dealing with an injury that kind of set him back versus someone who's just really not working hard in the gym and comes in three pounds overweight. But to those people who do that, I mean, there's definitely got to be more punishment involved. So when people like, you know, Israel Adesanya did it, now Paul Felder's saying it. Um, we need more people to kind of push that agenda onto uh, Dana White. Or I know he said it's not him that does it, but somewhere down the line, the punishments need to come in because what Paul Felder did was just absolutely incredible, and he looked great. Like we, I know you were saying he hadn't touched stepped uh, step foot in a gym in what four months, and he goes out there and his striking looked as good as it ever has been, which was awesome. It was really just the takedowns from RDA that he just couldn't handle. I mean, the guy shot 22 times. He was just relentless in his pressure, and that's kind of what did him in. Um, RDA put in an absolutely unbelievable performance as well. Definitely hats off to him. Uh, would love to see what happens if Felder gets a full camp because a lot of I know a lot of people were saying he gets a full camp. He has a legitimate shot at winning that fight just because I thought his striking looked so good that he could have definitely focused on other parts of the game. So. Would love to see that get run back at some point. I don't think it will. 
Um, but yeah, man, Paul Felder put on a clinic striking wise, but RDA just did everything else that he had in his tool belt. And, um, you know, that was his return to 155. People need to be a little bit worried about RDA, especially if he's going to shoot like that, work on his wrestling. We know he has a submission game as well. His striking looked very good. Cardio was off the charts. He looked like he could have went another five-round fight. So, And the chin. Definitely the chin the was chin, man, was on there, both of these Fel- guys. Because Feld- Felder was uh, was hitting some, hitting him with some freaking huge shots, and RDA was unfazed throughout the entire yeah, fight. He wasn't wobbled at all. Eating them. And it goes both ways because Felder, I mean, he, he just took a ton of damage throughout that whole fight, and he kept going. And I know it's funny because you always mention, like, when he gets, like, pieced up and he – gets cut like one time he starts bleeding for like the rest of the fight and it was like impossible to stop the bleeding coming from his from his forehead i think it was did you see his reaction <laughs> when he uh, yeah he, he got he got cut and he just wiped his yeah. like, god damn it like <laughs> not again he every single fight he gets battered like that it wouldn't be a paul felder fight unless there was blood involved oh 100 percent you know he's so pale that it just like comes off you can see it from a mile away but uh, i think one thing that we definitely have to mention is so you watch the fight, it ends, they go to the judges, and the first judge goes 48-47 Felder, and everyone's jaw dropped, like, instantly. His jaw jo- dropped. His, he couldn't believe his it. His jaw dropped. RDA's jaw dropped. Everyone was like, are you serious? He was like, did I really just maybe win that? And then they go 50-45, 50-45, and you're like, dude, that's, that is the epitome of the judges right now just being terrible and not knowing what's going on. Like, was this guy, like, on his cell phone not paying attention the whole entire time? Like... Like I said, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Felder looked great on the feet. Like, he looked... Michael Bisbing said that's the best he's ever seen Paul Felder look on the feet. Like, he looked that good. Paul Felder said, he's like, I don't need to go to the gym and work on striking. He's like, I am a pure striker. I know how to strike. He's like, I have to worry about the takedowns. And he said, he's like, I'm going to be on my back in this fight. I got to find out how to get up. And hats off to Paul Felder. He got up almost every single time. If he was yeah, down, if yeah. he was down, and there was like thirty seconds left, by the end of that round, he was standing on his feet before the before the bell went off, which was even yeah. more impressive because RDA is a insane Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter, and and he you know he didn't get submitted, and he found ways out of submissions, and he got up to his feet every single time. He was very very good. I think that I want to know what would have happened if Paul Felder kept that fight in the center of the octagon more. I think his biggest mistake was his back was against the octagon for the majority of the fight and uh rda would just kind of push him up against the fence sweep the legs take down had he kept it in the center we saw i think it was in round five he really was uh hitting rda with a lot of big shots uh sitting in the center of the octagon and uh it, it wasn't until like maybe there was two minutes left that rda had pushed the fight up against the fence and i think it was just paul felder was starting to run out of gas i mean i think he honestly could have went Maybe one more round, but uh, he was getting more gassed. RDA was definitely the fresher fighter as well. Yeah, I, so I, I got fired up too. Like the, It was basically like the same thing going on every round. And then all of a sudden in round four, uh, Felder at one point landed a takedown of his own. And it was an awesome takedown. Like RDA did not see it coming at all. He like basically form tackled him. And I was like, dude, that, if you could have been doing that a little bit more earlier, you know, you kind of flip the script a little bit, even the, uh, the, the, the numbers out. Um, so yeah, I really wish we could see him with a full camp going against RDA. Cause I think he'd have a pretty good shot. I mean, Felder's definitely like a top 10 guy. The thing that I love the most is that he said he's not retiring. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. I needed that, especially with Cowboy Cerrone he said he only has maybe like three fights left if that. So, uh, 
that sucks for me. So at least Felder, I, I have a little bit longer. I mean, he is 36, though, so he is getting older. Carrie? You watched that fight. What did you think? I did watch it. I mean, you just got to hats off to Felder for, for taking that fight. I could never do that. I think he's nuts, uh, but he took it. He cut the weight. And, I mean, I think he did about as good as you could expect him to to do. Uh, taking that fight with uh, that short a notice, having to drop that much weight, that's incredible in and of itself. But then to go out there and fight five, you know, five-minute rounds, that's, that's nuts. So, uh, I mean, hats off to him. I, I think everybody knew he really didn't have a shot at winning. But he went out there, put on a good show, and, and did what he was supposed to. And, and Los Angeles did what he was supposed to. So it was a, it was a great fight. And uh, hats off to Felder. And then afterwards, like, like you guys said, he went on the rant. You know, like, what are you guys doing? I think he's got a point. Like, how do you, how do you, unless, you know, I mean, he managed to do it. But if you have, like, a week's notice and you have a significant amount of weight to cut, yeah, it's understandable, but most of these guys, you know, how, how have how long before the fight, you know, they know how much weight they got to drop and they still don't do it, which is ridiculous when, when you're in the UFC because that's your job. Your job is to cut that weight, make weight, and, and then go fight. So, uh, I don't know, but Paul Felder get, gained a fan this weekend. I think he gained two fans because I, I don't... I know that Steve doesn't mention him too much. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm a Paul Felder hardo over here, but uh, big, I've always been a big fan. And you know, it it sucks. That, like I said this last show, it just sucks that it took so long for people to like gain all their respect for Paul Felder. It took him taking a fight on four days' notice and cutting 22 pounds in three days for everyone to be like, "Oh my God, Paul Felder is a G!" Like Paul Felder's been a G for <laughs> a long time. Yeah, I really I want him to like be committed like all in like obviously he did an awesome job just like taking that fight on short notice basically saved the weekend for everyone but you know that's not good because he takes a loss there now he drops down in the rankings but like if he actually does want to stick around and like make a run at this like i want to see him like committed and just be like fighting smart fights more often i also my last point here i want to know how the fight would have went if rda wasn't training for islam makachev who is like a ridiculous wrestler um because that i think i mean i think dos Anjos had the advantage there anyway but you know he had i mean you had to think that he was he was working wrestling for all these camps for how long waiting for this fight with makachev so i want to kind of i want to know what how that fight would have played out had rda not been planning for someone like Islam Makachev, would it have been a little bit different? I, I feel like yes, because, I mean, he shot 22 times. But also, yeah. like, you're going against Felder. Like, you know if you strike, that's where Felder has the advantage. So you play it smart by doing that. But if he's, you know, practicing wrestling for the past two months or whatever, I mean, he's just going to be ready to go and, like, shoot for those takedowns. So I think it definitely helped. I don't think he would have shot 22 times. But I think that's definitely usually the game plan when you go against Felder and you have those skills. Also different cardio. I mean, like, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're training, you know, you're wrestling for two months, that that's going to help your cardio a, a great amount. Um, because I mean, wrestling, I think is the most tiring part of, of that or like trying to throw up a submission. It's probably the most tiring part of MMA, uh, because you know, you gotta, you're carrying all the person's body weight and all everything else and trying to, move around all over the place. I would think that that's probably the, the most tiring part. 
So if he's training that for two months and had to help the, the or however long his camp was, that's really got to help the gas tank a ton. And, and think that Felder was training for a freaking triathlon. So you know his cardio, and he's always a cardio guy anyway, but like add in the fact that he was training for a triathlon, his cardio was just off the charts. So like well, when you fight Felder, you got to be ready to go the distance because if you slouch in those last two rounds, he might steal it. He, he's going back to the triathlon too. He's He is competing in Savage. it. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely insane. Also Philly boy. So gotta, gotta love him for that. Um, all right. What else do we have? That, that does it for, uh, Felder versus RDA. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know that you had other stuff, uh, to talk about. Yeah. So I figured we could kind of, and hopefully this will be something we can do more often, but I'd like to start doing more like topics and like debate type of thing. Just kind of like messing around with like maybe some hypotheticals. Um, cause my buddy had texted me just a link from, uh, I think it was bjpen.com and it was Paul Felder just talking about the lightweight division in general. And, um, this has been tossed around a little bit, but people are really considering having a eight man, eight fighter style tournament to really determine who is the, uh, the champ. Um, so I'll, I'll read his quote real quick. So Paul Felder said, but when you've had a champion like Khabib, and then he's gone. You've got all these contenders who are all bouncing around wins and losses with each other. And there are some guys that are really trying to squeeze into that mix. Charles Oliveira, Dan Hooker, myself being Paul Felder, Michael Chandler in the mix now. I think it makes sense to make this big eight-man tournament or something like that and have us work our way up toward that belt. I like that idea. So I think it'd be fun to kind of just play around. I have like the, the breakdown of like who the top eight would be see what you think about that top eight list that will kind of go into like a hypothetical bracket and just choose winners and losers and see who comes out on top. Yeah. I'm looking at the top 15 right now in lightweight and I don't agree with, with some of the stuff here. Like I don't like that Conor McGregor is four. He hasn't fought enough to be ranked four. Uh, and who's he fought? Like Justin Gaethje, he hasn't fought him. He beat Dustin Poirier a long time ago. They weren't even at lightweight. I don't believe, um, believe there were featherweights then. Uh, Tony Ferguson, I like where he's at. Dan Hooker, I like where he's at. RDA is technically now six, although they have him and Charles Oliveira right next to each other. And then Felder, eight. You know, obviously McGregor and Poirier are fighting one another, so obviously that would this would change with the results to that. But right now, I don't. I feel like I can't. I can't have Conor McGregor in there because he hasn't. Like, don't be wrong. I think Conor McGregor is a very, very good lightweight, but with him not being active, I don't know that it's fair that he should be in the mix for that. Does that make sense? Yes and no. I mean, obviously from the standpoint where his last fight was against Khabib, and that's now, what, Cowboy. over two Cowboy. years ago. So he's been inactive. He's fought at 170, and he oh, yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. he wants to stay up there for some reason. But also it's Conor McGregor. So one, you have to have him in the mix regardless, just because if you're going to do an eight-man tournament conor mcgregor has to be in that um just from a speculative business standpoint he has to be in there um but also if you're ranking the top eight guys i still think he is a top eight fighter in the lightweight division oh wait wait Uh, so never mind we're not khabib wouldn't be in this right khabib is is not in it okay this would be after khabib retires okay so then yes this is right now today i could see mcgregor being in the top eight then because i'm looking at i'm looking here diego fajeda doesn't belong in there ally quinta no, Kevin Lee, no. Benil Dariush is doing well, but no. 
the one name on there that people are really, really high on is Islam Makachev, who obviously was supposed to fight RDA and didn't get in. So, um, yeah, I could see McGregor being there then. I thought if, if you had Khabib there, though, I don't know if I would have 100% agreed with it, only because he hasn't fought that often. And I feel like it would be kind of slighting the other guys who have been active. Yeah, I think um, pretty much to me, all of these make sense. I'm just going to give you one name that I think we're going to toss in the mix, and you got to tell me who you're going to take out. So as it stands, we'll just put it right here. As it stands, it goes one Gaethje, two Poirier, three Tony, four Connor, five Dan Hooker, six Charles Oliveira, seven RDA, eight Paul Felder. Those are the eight that are locked in right now. The one name that's probably going to get tossed into that mix, though, would be Michael Chandler. Oh, yeah, that's also true. I forgot about him, and he's not ranked, obviously, because he hasn't fought yet. So who would you take out? I know I'll tell you who I'm going to take out, and don't kill me, but you got. I think you got to take out Paul Felder and put in Michael Chandler. I feel like that's – even though it kills me, I feel like you would have to, right? Because RDA already beat Felder. Because the only other person that you would take out is RDA. Right, and, and yeah, you can't so take Hooker, him out because he just Hooker beat. beats Felder, RDA beats Felder handedly. And now you the have thing to put that kills Michael me Chandler. though is because Paul Felder, in my opinion, beat Dan Hooker. You know, it went to his decision, but so that's what that's what kills me with that. Um, obviously, you have to have Michael Chandler in there, right? He was the champ at another promotion. He's a really big name. I don't see Michael Chandler faring well in the UFC. I've said this over and over again, and that's nothing against him, but. I just don't see him doing well against Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is better than any fighter Michael Chandler has fought in Bellator. So mm-hmm. I just don't, and he's lost to he's lost already. I, I just I don't know. I don't see I don't see you know Michael Chandler doing that well. So I think that's what kills me about taking Paul Felder out. Is I think Paul Felder gives Justin Gaethje a hell of a fight. I think he gives Dustin Poirier a hell of a fight. I think. I don't. I don't really like his matchup with Tony Ferguson. I think I don't really like the matchup with McGregor. We already saw Hooker and Felder was a great fight. Charles Oliveira is the dark horse in there. His stand-up's been great, and obviously he's a killer on the ground. So I really like him. If you had to choose one underdog to win the the whole thing, I think you would almost have to go Charles Oliveira. I think because he's you know I I think that he's on a great run right now. Um, but no, I would agree with you. I think you would have to take. Paul Felder out just based on his RDA loss, um, which sucks because I do feel like he beat Dan Hooker. Uh, I don't know. It's, that's that's tough. But, yeah, I think that's that's the only name that really makes sense at this point. All right. I'd say for the sake of argument, we're going to put Chandler at number eight. We're going to remove Paul Felder. I have the matchups here. I'm going to give you the quick ones, and you just tell me who you think is going to win, and we'll see um, – I guess I can make my pick too, and we'll see which one uh, we end up with out on top. If we have a, a disagreement between us, I guess Kerry can be the deciding vote. Oh, boy. All right. I, all I right, like so, this. I think that the UFC should definitely do this because all of these guys are championship worthy. I don't think it's it's fair to slight someone like Michael Chandler, who's been the champ, but I also don't feel like Michael Chandler deserves to get a shot at the title right away. Like This is the way that they can all prove themselves, and they're all in the same spot. They've all been single-handedly destroyed by Khabib, and they all have had hell of a gr- like great fights with one another. So I think that this is, for this division, I'm not a huge fan of the tournaments, but I think for this division, it would be awesome. Do I think Dana does it? No, because he keeps saying Khabib isn't retiring anyway. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't see it happening, but hypothetically, I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah, I think from the standpoint where, you know, Gaethje has beaten, let's see. Oh, it's like, it's just like weird how, uh, like Dustin has beaten Gaethje and then, you know, Gaethje beats Tony. Connor has beat Dustin. Dustin beat Dan Hooker. Like they've all like, it's nothing makes sense. Where like, sure. Just throw them all in an eight fighter tournament. And that makes the most sense to me personally, but okay. So first matchup would be number one seed Gaethje versus a number eight Chandler. Who takes that? Gaethje. I agree. I'm going with Gaethje. I don't, I don't think, uh, like I said, I just, I just don't, Michael Chandler is going to face, he's in the toughest, one of the toughest divisions in the UFC. He's going to face straight killers. Like the UFC lightweight division has the best lightweights in the world. I just, I don't, I just don't see it faring well for Michael Chandler. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number four, Connor versus number five, Hooker. That's a Ooh, tough one. That's a tough one. Cause Hooker's height advantage in that division is nasty. And Hooker is a sniper. Um, Hooker would be a big underdog. I'm going Dan Hooker. I don't yeah, think that one, I don't think McGregor matches up well with Dan Hooker. Hooker's big. He's really big. He's got a ton of length. That would be a very tricky fight considering they're both strikers, but also Dustin did it. You know, like Dustin was able to do it, and he's probably a similar size to Connor. If anything, Connor probably has more more reach. Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. I think I don't know. It's so hard to pick a pick Connor in a fight because he doesn't fight enough. Like, you know what I mean? It's just so difficult. If Conor had been fighting this whole time, I think we'd be like, oh, Conor McGregor, no problem. But with him not fighting all the time, it's so difficult to, like, say, yeah, for sure, Conor is going to win this fight. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Conor just based on the fact that Hooker has – he narrowly beat Felder, but he also lost to Poirier. And I still think Conor, if he does come back and fight 155, like, he's going to surprise us against Dustin probably. He'll look really good. So I'll go with Connor in that one. I mean, we can I go Connor on that, but Carrie, what you can make your pick if you want. Yeah, uh, I think I, I'd have to go Connor McGregor in the if, if we're talking the first round of the tournament. Yeah, all right, that's I, I fair. Think McGregor would take it. I have no problems with that. I just have when it comes to like Connor fights, I just have such a hard time choosing him because he's not active enough, in my opinion. We get it, man. You're not a McGregor. Fan. No, I love Connor McGregor. It's just, <laughs> it's just maybe it's me being upset that he doesn't fight enough. It will just picture like, you know, no one knew what was going to happen when he fought Cowboy, even though the way it went made sense. But he smoked Cowboy. And yeah, he was Dan off Hooker for what? Like a... over. Yeah, I'm just saying, I don't think Connor's really lost that much of a step. No, but Dan Hooker is a way tougher fight than Cowboy, and Cowboy's my dude. So, I mean, <laughs> I kind of knew how the Cowboy fight was going to go before it even yeah. happened. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. We have number two, Dustin Poirier versus number seven, RDA. Yikes. Oof. If RDA fights the fight that he just fought Paul Felder with, I think that RDA wins this fight. Um, I agree. Poirier, like, because I think that Poirier and Felder are both kind of equal strikers. I think they both, they both have insane striking, and we saw RDA's chin hold up. And if his chin can hold up and he can press the fight against the cage and you know RDA striking looked pretty good too against Felder he hit Felder with a couple really good shots I'm gonna go RDA in this one yeah I, I would say even the way that RDA fought 
just now was very similar to how Khabib fights, where he just shot for the takedowns, he held down the control, but then you add in the fact that his striking looked very elite. That would be a very dangerous fight for Poirier. So I'll, I'll go with RDA. Well, let's go RDA on that. And I, that's tough because I love Dustin Poirier, but I just don't. We've seen what he's done against wrestlers. This whole division, we've seen what this whole division does against wrestlers. They struggle. Exactly. Mightily. Exactly. All right, so the last fight that would be made would be number three, Tony Ferguson, versus number six, Charles Oliveira. This great is, matchup. This is a great fight. Um, and Tony Ferguson, we don't see it too much, but he does have an okay ground game. Um, they're both they, – they got to be equal, pretty equal in size too. Like Oliveira's a tall, lanky guy. Ferguson's a tall, lanky guy. Um, this is tough because I love Charles Oliveira, but I think – you know, I would almost take Oliveira almost all of the other guys. Like McGregor, I think he, he does okay. Dan Hooker, because Dan Hooker has no ground game. I think he does okay. I think he would do okay against RDA because he'd have a significant height advantage. But I think against Tony Ferguson, who is a zombie, the guy doesn't get hurt at all. Like we saw how much damage he took against Gaethje. And he's pretty decent on the ground. Like I think I think I'd have to go with Ferguson on this one. Yeah, I almost see Charles Oliveira being like a just like like he's basically like a, the same exact fighter as Tony in a way. He's just a little more reliant on his ground game, whereas Tony has a great ground ground game, but also just has incredible striking and is just super dangerous everywhere else. So I I would love to see Oliveira go deep into this, but I got to go with Tony. Well, and I think that. Uh... Like, Charles Oliveira, like, we've seen two different Charles Oliveiras. Like, he's had some really bad losses, too. So, like, he's on a run right now, but I don't know if we can take too much stock into it because I think that a lot of the guys he's beaten have been just iffy as well, um, where, you know, Tony Ferguson has fought the best of the best here recently. Yeah, I, I think uh, you said it right when it's like you put Oliver against pretty much anyone except maybe RDA, and, and that's a tough matchup. Just he could submit anyone else. But yeah. for that matchup, we're going Tony. So we would go into the semifinals here with just number one, Justin Gaethje versus number four, Connor. Ooh, this is the one that everyone wants to see. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to see this fight. Oof. Uh, I think I would have to go Connor as much, as much crap as I gave him. Uh, if Connor, if Connor's into the second round, then we know if he beats Dan hooker, we know he's legit, right? Um, he, like he hasn't lost a step rather. And, uh, I think that, you know, this fight would stay on the feet because Gaethje, that's the way he fights. You know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna not be on the feet and I don't know that I think that Gaethje is just going to take a ton of damage throughout that fight and just, you know, it's going to be like a back and forth war. But I think at the end of the day, like it'll just be it'll just be McGregor kind of kind of throwing a little bit more volume pressure and pressure and Gaethje a little bit more. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I would think that um, both of these guys struggle against the wrestling type. I mean, they both suffered the same fate when they went against Khabib. So if you're going to say they're both standing up. And I know Justin is like an incredible boxer and he has a really good striking, but dude, I, I don't know who has better striking than Conor McGregor. Like historically, he has some of the best striking we've ever seen. Like when he's on top of his game, he can put anyone out in a matter of seconds. We saw that with Jose Aldo. So 
Ah, that pains me because I no, I got to go with Connor in that too. We'll put Connor into the finals. Damn. Did you not want uh, Connor <laughs> in the finals? I don't know. It's it's hard to put him in there. Like you said, he's been so inactive, and we're, we're just like putting him into the finals. But you know what? It's Connor McGregor. You, you kind of have to give him something there. But uh, all right. So then the next semifinal matchup would be number seven RDA versus number Tony's number three. Uh, I gotta go Tony Ferguson. I think he would throw tons of volume. I think I think Tony Ferguson is a step up in striking when it comes to Hooker and Felder. Um, I think I think he's he's a little bit higher level striker, um, and again he's got the ground game. He's got the wrestling defense. Uh, I, I think that I like RDA, but I don't know that his style of plus plus Tony is very good in in the clinch and inside with the elbows, and he's very very crafty. I think that would give RDA some some struggles. Something I so I'm actually going to go with RDA on this, and I think. You know, he had went up to 170 at one point and fought a bunch of fights up there. Got even he fought the interim belt against Colby, I believe. Um, so he's just like a big dude. He's got a ton of strength. He comes back down to 155 and he's absolutely shredded. So I think Tony would actually have a disadvantage there when it comes to like a strength power aspect. So if RDA wants to wrestle and go for the takedowns, I think he would kind of have his way. So I would actually go with RDA on this one. So I don't know if Carrie, which one you would go with, RDA or Tony Ferguson? Uh, Ferguson sounds more familiar, so uh, I'm going to go with Ferguson. RDA. I did watch RDA, but I just feel like I've, I've heard Ferguson come up more in conversations and how dominant he can be. I do feel like at times our judgment of Ferguson is skewed a little bit because he's another guy that doesn't fight very often. So it's like he's always in the conversation, but he doesn't fight a lot. So it's tough to it's tough to throw him in there too. So I can kind of see both sides. Like like you said, you don't even watch UFC that much, but you hear his name thrown around everywhere. So it's kind of I feel like, and rightfully so, he's a great striker and great fighter. But it's like he he doesn't fight that much, so it's so difficult. I think. Um... Before this, his last loss to Gaethje, I built. What wasn't he on like a twelve fight win streak? It was like an insane streak, and you know it had no title implications. Like he still hasn't held a true belt, and everyone was just saying like how crazy that is. But he's still on this twelve fight win streak, and that's just like probably one of the top five, top ten best streaks out there. Yeah, he beat. Um, he beat. Uh, I'm just gonna look at his. He beat Cerrone, Anthony Pettis, Kevin Lee. He's beaten RDA already. Oh um, shit. In the in the Ultimate Fighter Latin America three, uh, Lando Venata, Edson Barbosa. Uh, those are like the he lost to Michael Johnson. That was his kind of other one. But yeah, so he's already huh. beaten RDA once. All right, well I still give RDA the shot there because I I uh, I don't know man he's just a very experienced fighter and I think him coming back down to one fifty five I think he's gonna make some noise. But we'll go into the finals here. And uh, before we go into the finals, I just got to give a quick shout out to my guy, Mike Aria. He's the one who sent me this. He's a big follower of Coffee and KOs. Um, this is a great topic. Loving it. So we go into the finals. We got Conor McGregor, and he takes on Tony Ferguson. This is a matchup everyone wants and needs to see. Yeah, this is one that's been talked about. There's like the Khabib and El Kakui fight, and then there's the El Kakui McGregor fight. Two fights that 
everyone's been wanting to see and that that Ferguson has been calling for forever. Um, man, I don't know. Super, super tough. I think it's so funny that these two ended up here. I don't know. Who, who would you go with? Because I really don't know. I, I, I want to hear your thoughts. I don't know, man. This is super tough. I, I feel like if Tony actually would utilize his ground game, that's where he's going to find the advantage. I just really find it difficult to believe that anyone's going to really outstrike Connor. The only thing I could see is if, you know, if this is a five-round fight and it goes the distance, I mean, we've seen Connor kind of struggle against, like, Nate Diaz. Like, his cardio kind of blew after a while. Meanwhile, Tony just goes forever. So I think if you pair the cardio with the potential use of the ground game, man, I might even go with Tony on that one. I think I'd go Tony. Yeah, I like Tony Ferguson. But I like McGregor. But I like your point on the on the stamina issue because that has been a problem. And if Ferguson can use his ground game. But I, I kind of relate Ferguson to Nate Diaz with a little bit more striking. Um, yeah, I'll agree with you. I'll go Ferguson. I, I like that pick. I mean, I think it's a toss-up. It could go either one. The big question mark is, like, how are these guys going to be because they don't fight enough? Like, Ferguson's fought three times from 2018 to 2020. That's one fight a year. That's that's kind of the, the pace he's been going at. McGregor's about one fight a year, maybe a little less. So it's, yeah. it's really tough that we chose these guys who aren't even that active <laughs> versus it's, guys like like uh, RDA and, and stuff that are fighting all the time. Dude, I think it's kind of brutal, too, that we're not necessarily looking at this like, okay, these are the eight guys. Think about them in their prime. Like, this is just like current day, and a few of these guys, I, I would say, are past their prime. Like, if you saw Tony Ferguson fight like three, four years ago, like he might sweep the competition, but you could say the same thing about maybe Connor if he had stayed true to the game and fought consistently. So there's a lot of different factors, but I don't, I don't hate that we came up with Tony Ferguson. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, and the lightweight division, I mean, we got RDA is getting older. Ferguson's getting older. Michael Chandler is getting older. Paul Felder is older. Charles Oliveira is older. So the lightweight division, it's in good hands right now. Poirier is not old. Gaethje is not old. McGregor is not old, but he doesn't fight enough. Dan Hooker is not old. But, like, a lot of these guys are getting older. So the lightweight division, like, this is the time. Like, they need to have this tournament now because these guys are getting – like, some of them are past their prime. But if they're not past their prime now, they're getting very, very close. And uh, so it needs to happen. They need to – I don't know that Dana will ever do it. I don't think that's really his style. But I think the fans would love to see it 100%. Yeah, I just think logistically, I don't even know how you... I, I would say if you were to do it, you would take it, split it in half. So you get four fights out of it. No, you know what? You do a whole card, all four fights in the same night. Well, you would... Bellator did a Grand Prix like two or three years ago. I think it was for the light heavyweight belt. Could have been heavyweight. Ryan Bader ended up winning. I think it was heavyweight. Like King Mo and Rampage, like they were all in it. And uh, it was like... You would have like three, three of the fights and on a fight night, and then you would have like three of the fights on a pay per view, and then you just kept doing that until the tournament ultimately ended. And obviously, the tournament main event was like the main event of a pay per view. So like that's basically how you would have to do it. Is almost you'd almost have to do like either fight nights, like UFC does have shows every week, but you would basically have to have like two weeks of the tournament fights, and then obviously you would have to stop. All the guys would have to heal up, everything else, and then. 
you know, a couple months down the road, you would have to go another two weeks in a row and then until you got to the, to the end. But, um, no, I, I like the idea. It's just like you said, logistically, how would it work? Don't really know, especially with the history. A lot of the guys in this division pulling out from getting hurt or whatever, like a lot of fights were a lot of matchups in this division were supposed to happen that never happened too. So yeah. uh, that that's another thing that you got to think about as well. So, but I think it's a great idea. Yep. And then you add in COVID and that just makes everything a lot more difficult. And then it's like, well, what if some guy gets hurt? He's on like a 180 day medical suspension, but this guy just had a 10 second knockout. He's ready to go now, but they're matched up. And then you want to have it as a title fight. So it has to be like UFC 60 and the timing all has to align. So I don't think it will happen, um, but that would be just like the coolest thing ever to watch those eight guys fight. So, you know, maybe, maybe. They could do a throwback to like early UFC days when you had a fight. Like they just all fight the same night. Like if you win the first round, you have to fight another fight. Yes. And you just keep fighting until the end of the tournament. Mm-hmm. See who lasts. <laughs> I don't think that's legal anymore, but that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I agree. Well, Miranda did it. Yeah. That's true. She did it. That She did like one. It's like one round. Then it's one round, and then the last fight's like three rounds. So I guess I, potentially I you be... could do that, but that's kind of wasted time, to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. I feel like we would lose a lot of good fighting. And I need five-round round fights, fights every single time. Yeah, I agree. All right, Cameron, right. take us out. That's the end of uh, the preview or the review show. RDA, Paul Felder. There you, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There's the end of the show for the review of Paul Felder versus RDA. Uh, if you like what you heard, you can give us that follow. Uh we live stream now uh, every episode of Coffee and KOs on twitch.tv slash coffee and KOs. We are also live streaming on Periscope, which is a part of Twitter, I believe. So you can probably find that at Coffee and KOs 1. Also at Twitter on Coffee and KOs 1. And we'll see you next week. Hey.